Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. It's great to be together this morning. So great to see you all. Um, I'm Sharon. If you don't know my name, Stephen, introduce me. Um, we're going to um, share bread and wine together this morning. That's great, isn't it? We're aware that we're on the approach to Easter. Thank you, Becky, for reminding us it's Palm Sunday today. Um, and so as we break bread and wine together, I've just got a few things for us to consider from John chapter 13. So I'd love you to have that open in front of you in the Bible. If you've not got a Bible today, we have some guest Bibles on the side. You're really welcome to grab one. And it's page 647 if you're using one of those Bibles. But it's John chapter 13. I don't have a preach for you this morning. I have an invitation. <laughs> Um, an invitation from the Lord. (laughs) I've been thinking a bit about hospitality lately, about what hospitality is, um, about the the hospitality we show to others, about the hospitality we show in our homes, about the hospitality we show to others when we're gathered together as a church of God, the body of Christ. And um, you can define hospitality in lots of ways, but one definition I've seen is that it's the friendly and generous reception of friends, of guests, of visitors. Um, But our invitation this morning is to enjoy the Lord's hospitality around his table. Jesus is our host this morning. And we're here to enjoy his hospitality. And I believe that as we linger together around his table, he will minister to us by his spirit. So this is not a time just to listen to someone speak out words. It's a time uh, to hear in our hearts what the Lord is saying. To respond to him in our hearts as we do that, or out loud. I'm all for out loud responses. Um, But I believe that as we do this, there is something fresh for us this morning, new for us this morning, Um, and uh, we're going to be really blessed around the table of the Lord. So I want us to expect to receive the generosity of our host this morning. So can we just pray before we go any further? Thank you, Lord, that we are here at your invitation around your table. Thank you that you are with us by your Holy Spirit. And we want to receive your gracious, generous hospitality this morning in all its fullness. Would you open our hearts, our eyes, our ears to receive in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. So uh, let's read from John chapter 13, (coughs) verse 1 to 11. I'll read this together. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God 
and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. This is the night before Jesus was going to be crucified. A very tender time. He knew what was ahead, even though his disciples didn't really understand it. But, you know, as we receive the Lord's hospitality around his table this morning, the first thing um, I want us to see is that the hospitality of Jesus greets us as his loved ones. Did you see that in verse 1? It says that Jesus had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth. Now he loved them to the end. They were his loved ones. His invitation to us this morning is is as his loved ones. I don't know if you've ever seen on a, maybe an old film or documentary about when the Queen holds a banquet and uh, people come in and they're introduced, they're announced as they enter. I don't know whether she's forgetful or, um, well, she sees so many people. But anyway, you know, it's, um, they're announced. Lord Admiral William of whatever and his wife. Claude et or something. <laughs> I can't really think on the spot. But people are announced as they come in. And there is an announcement over us. Yes, yes. It's loved one. Yes. If you see your um, place setting around the table with a card, like at a wedding reception, yes. your name is loved one. Mm-hmm. You have a place. That's right. You have somewhere set for you. And you're announced, we're announced as we come in, loved ones. There's a wonderful verse in um, the book of Song of Solomon's in the Old Testament, which says, he brought me to the banqueting house and his banner over me was love. A banner or a standard is a flag, something displaying a declaration of who these people are or who that army is or what's going on here. And his banner over us is love. We are loved and loved to the very end. And let's this morning, as we enjoy his hospitality around his table, hear his announcement of us. Honoured, named, placed at his table, loved and loved to the very end. The second thing I want to notice from um, this passage is that Jesus' hospitality this morning cleanses to the very core. We read those beautiful verses, verses 4 to 10 of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. 
And Peter's offense at it. Lord Jesus, you're my master. How can you be a servant and wash my dirty, smelly feet? And uh, Jesus talks that through with him a little bit more. Um, one of the families of the church has got a great poster in their downstairs bathroom, which says something along the lines of, no washy, no foodie. <laughs> no washy, no foodie. And I love that. But what we have here is much more than just washing your hands before a quick meal. Cleansed to the core. This meal, this bread and wine we have before us is for people who know, love and follow Jesus. That means that it's for people who've repented of sin. That means being deeply, deeply sorry and turning right around to follow Jesus instead of a life of sin. It may be that you've never done that, that you've never come to Jesus in that way, been deeply sorry. It might be that you feel a stranger at this table. But I want to say there's no need to remain a stranger. Jesus invites you this morning, even this morning, to be completely cleansed, forgiven, invited into this most lavish feast. What must you do if that's you this morning? There are people who asked that question of the disciples just a few weeks after this passage we read, and they said, you need to... Be deeply sorry to repent, to turn away from the sinfulness that you've been living, the stuff that's all wrong before God, and turn to Jesus and follow him. And it says in Romans 10 verse 9, so you will be saved if you honestly say Jesus is Lord and believe with all your heart that God raised him from the dead. You believe it and you speak it out. And I want to say that that's something that you can do today if you've never done it before. If you believe sincerely in your heart, be deeply sorry, turn away and speak out what you believe. Tell someone, tell someone you come with today. Come and tell me later. But speak it out and join the feast. But reading verses 4 and 5 again from that passage... So Jesus got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? In verse 10, Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash, except for the feet, to be entirely clean. When we break bread together, we often look at the passage in 1 Corinthians 11 where Paul is teaching the church in Corinth about breaking bread. And he says to them, you need to examine yourself before you break bread. You mustn't break bread in an unworthy manner. And I believe that Jesus is illustrating this when he washes the disciples' feet. And he says, you need to wash your feet. I've cleansed you, but you just need to wash your feet and you'll be entirely clean. And... The hospitality of Jesus' table gives us every confidence this morning to come to him, to confess anything that's been wrong, and to know that we are completely cleansed. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just 
to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. We have every confidence. So I want us to just take a minute. Maybe close our eyes. To consider Jesus, our host, serving us by washing our feet. If there is any sin we're aware of, any impurity spoiling our relationship with him or our relationship with one another, we can confess it to him quietly now and receive his cleansing to feel the purity of his water washing away the abrasiveness of dust and dirt of sin on our feet. To know the hard areas softened smoothed, made right again, to know bruising and brokenness, gently massaged away. Thank you, Lord. What generous hospitality. How wonderful, <laughs> how wonderful to be invited, mm. announced, yes. named and placed at his table, washed clean. Yes. And thirdly, instructed to feast. Mm. That's the hospitality of Jesus' table for us this morning. Yes. It's a feast. In Luke's account of this night before Jesus was crucified, he gives us a bit more detail about what happened around that meal and in, verse, in Luke 22, 19 to 20, we read this. It says, he, that's Jesus, took some bread, gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. In Matthew's account, the words are, take and eat, Jesus says. Each of you drink. You know, there's an instruction for us here to do something this morning. But it's not just physical, although it needs to involve that taking the bread and the wine physically. There's an instruction for us spiritually to take to eat, to drink. I don't know if you've ever read any of Enid Blyton's books, Famous Five, The Secret Seven. If you've read those books, you will often come across phrases like, um, the table was groaning under the weight of Aunt Fanny's wonderful cakes and whipped cream and scones and high tea and all of that. <coughs> groaning table, lavishly prepared. I want us to see this morning, we have bread and wine here, but we need to know that today, before us, the Lord's table is way down. That's right. It's way down with the most lavish, yeah. generous, richest of produce, yes. the finest of fare. Yeah. He gives us his bread and says, take and eat. Yes. His body given for us. Yeah. What more could there be than Jesus' body yeah. given for us? All Jesus is. All he has done, all he achieved on the cross, 
all he secured on the cross as ours is laid out on his generous table as our magnificent host offers himself as the fullness of the feast. What could be more? What a lavish table we have before us this morning. And in those words, Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. And I want to say that when he says that, it's not about just remembering something that happened before. Those words have got more in them. There's a meaning in those words when you look at original words that says, in remembrance means deliberately bringing something to mind to better understand or appreciate the effects of what's happened. Deliberately, actively bringing to mind to better appreciate the effects of what's happened. This is not just a reminder of Jesus dying so that we can be thankful and not forget. It's much, much more about, much more than that. It's about life. And it's about living today in the fullness of all of his provision for us. When we think of Isaiah 53, we flick back through that, it, it details his suffering and his death and his provision. Because he was pierced and crushed, my sin is taken away. All of it. No condemnation. By his stripes, I am healed. By his punishment, I have peace. Every enemy of the kingdom defeated by his sacrifice. We looked at that last year. Eternal life, complete restoration. Eat it, fill up on it, take it into ourselves. Feast on it. This is the fullness of the lavish table (coughs) we come to when we break bread and drink wine together. Do you know, and I believe that as our host, enjoying Jesus' hospitality today, he says to us, don't remain hungry. Don't be malnourished. Don't starve yourself. Take it. Take me. Eat it. Consume it. Take it right in. Come and receive truth. Receive nourishment. Receive strength, vitality, life. Receive from my generous loaded table. It's all here. Pile your plate high and then come back for more. Our host is not offended when we ask for more because we can never outdo his rich supply. (laughs) There is always more. Jesus goes on to say about the the cup of wine. He, He calls it the new covenant. This new covenant, this new binding, eternal promises of God in Jesus Christ, the new life that we have in him, Jesus given for us is the new covenant. It's new, it's fresh, it's never been seen like this before, was the newness of the covenant that Jesus brought about when he died for us. And it's not like the old way of the law, like we read in Romans 5 to 7. It's the new way of life in the spirit. And it's confirmed because Jesus poured out his blood. The seal is set. It's absolutely sure and true. And that phrase where it says that Jesus' blood, he says, my blood which is poured out 
as a sacrifice for you. That literally means to bestow liberally, to gush forth, to gush forth and spread out and reach out. This is abundant. It's lavish. It's generous. It's bursting out the blood of Jesus for us, redeeming us, confirming God's new covenant, life to the full. It's wonderful. And we have this richness before us this morning. And I want to say there is no half measures at the Lord's table. There are no child size portions, no light options, no crumbs or dregs, but the full, rich, lavish, generous provision of the Lord's table. And when we come to the Lord's table, which we're going to do now, we take bread and wine physically, but we need to take by faith the lavish provision to be reminded and to see afresh the effects of Jesus' death and resurrection for us and the new covenant, to declare all that he has done over us. There is freshness here for us this morning as we take bread and wine together. We are invited We've been announced as his loved ones and placed at his generous table. We've been washed and cleansed. We're free to feast. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.